Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. It has been a big week for SMU basketball, an up and down one after SMU did fall to Temple on Wednesday night in a midweek road loss, but they put an exclamation point on their NCAA tournament hopes with a dominant 73-57 win over Memphis on Sunday, live on ESPN in Moody Coliseum. And we're going to talk a lot about the SMU basketball team, where things stand for the Mustangs heading down the stretch with four games left to play. As of now, there could be a fifth with the Wichita State game still potentially able to be rescheduled. But as of now, SMU sits one game back from the Cougars for the top spot in the AAC. Houston survived a Wichita State team that took them to double overtime, allowing them to stay one game ahead of SMU in the standings. And that win over Memphis was critical for SMU for multiple reasons. One, the big news was Kendrick Davis did return from his injury that caused him to miss the Temple game. And I tell you, it was a a rough week for him in a way, trying to recover in time to play for that game. But he showed no signs of being hurt. 37 minutes, 27 points, uh, shot 6 of 11, I believe he finished, uh, from beyond the arc. And it really it was 6 of 10 uh, when the game really was, was you know, in the balance at least uh, for the most part. So a dominant performance by Kendrick Davis. Marcus Weathers added 20 points. And Franklin Agunane came off the bench to add 8 points and 7 rebounds uh, in a really a critical effort as SMU was without Tristan Clark who continues to be kind of a day-by-day case with his knees and how they're going to hold up through the course of the season. So, you know, SMU finishes the first half on a 12-0 run. Kendrick Davis makes back-to-back three-pointers to take it, uh, you know, into the halftime with a lead for SMU. And then from there, it was 41-all with about 15 minutes left. And then SMU exploded, a 27-3 run over the course of the second, much of the second half. And they just blew out Memphis. You know, there was no answer for SMU offensively from the Tigers. Uh, Penny Hardaway really um, was quite honestly outcoached uh, in in spades uh, by Tim Jankovic and his staff. Uh, everything they seemed to do uh, trying to get back into the game came and, and really uh, didn't do much at all for Memphis's hopes. SMU was just dominant. Moody Coliseum was rocking and really just an impressive win for SMU. In the Ken Palm, uh, in the NCAA tournament, uh, they move up. Uh, Joe Lenardi, I believe, has them right now, at least. Last I checked, it seems like he updates that thing uh, every 20 minutes or so. But the latest I saw was SMU in the first four out. Um, And I'm not necessarily sure if this is a ranking, but sitting behind San Diego State with BYU and Oklahoma right there. uh, Memphis, last four in, even after that loss to SMU, uh, sitting there with Michigan, San Francisco, Loyola, Chicago. And then the next four out sit with Dayton, Florida, Kansas State, Oregon, uh, and then Virginia, St. Bonaventure, Mississippi State are all in the mix to kind of make that climb. But for SMU, I mean, like I said, a dominant win, one that you saw Kendrick Davis really run the show. Had zero assists, though. The other time that he did that in this, the the win earlier this season at Memphis uh, Kendrick Davis, 27 points, had four steals as well. So a really good game from Kendrick Davis. Uh, and that uh, I asked Tim, Tim Jankovic after the game if SMU is going to have to kind of manage this day by day. And, you know, he told me, 
well, he looked pretty healthy tonight, but it is going to be something where SMU is going to have to monitor it. You know, Kendrick Davis did tweak it, uh, and it's it's been reported either ankle or foot. Can't really get a straight answer answer out of anyone. Um, but uh, either way, he tweaked it early in the first four minutes, but still was able to just perform at a very, very high level um, and, and was able to, you know, lead this team to victory. And, and it was a big one for SMU's tournament hopes. If they lose that one, I would say, yeah, they would have gotten, you know, moved down uh, that next four out list that Joe Lenardi puts out. But it really would have made things difficult. They only really have, you know, a game against uh, Houston coming up. Cincinnati comes to town. But still, Houston really is the one that's uh, a big one for SMU with it on the road. Cougars obviously still a game ahead of SMU. And then they have Tulsa on Wednesday. Cincinnati on Thursday after that Sunday matchup at Houston and then they finish up with a home game at Tulane and if you're SMU the schedule is actually working out very well four of the last five are in Moody Coliseum where SMU remains undefeated Um, they've now won 15 straight in Moody Uh, the place was really rocking I think the fans last two games probably been the best showing that I've seen really since in the last couple years definitely pre-COVID of course but uh, SMU's, you know, playing at a very high level at Moody Coliseum. You know, they were they're a couple point underdogs to Memphis, but uh, I think most people, if Kendrick Davis played, believed SMU was going to be able to beat Memphis, who came in riding a six game win streak, and they dominated in the paint as well. You know, Marcus Weathers, Franklin Aguilane, uh, really overcame, and, and Jamar Young even got got in there and contributed at a at a solid level. Uh, if you're SMU. Uh, you've got to like where your front court stands heading down the stretch. You'd like to have Tristan Clark available at times to kind of give you a boost in that respect. But still, the way they played in the front court, uh, they're they're not a team that right now is forcing a ton of turnovers. But Memphis still was able to you know take care of that and 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 contribute to their own demise really. But SMU is just playing really really well. Um, again, Memphis just didn't have an answer. So I think kudos. Uh, goes to SMU and just responding after a loss to uh, uh, to Temple on the road. Uh, now with Kendrick Davis, you know the committee can take into that loss that loss into account. You know that they did not have Kendrick Davis for that game, uh, so it doesn't hurt them as much. Now they have a week where they've got to, of course, stay focused, play Tulsa, a bad AAC team at home, take care of business there, and then the showdown against Houston. 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. That game will also be broadcast on ESPN. Uh, so another big national showcase for SMU uh, before f- facing Cincinnati with that ESPN2 matchup. And then ESPN Plus is that one against Tulane uh, to finish up the regular season. They're still working to reschedule that Wichita State game. I just don't know where it's going to fit in. Uh, SMU's been working to try and make it happen. You know, It's got to work both ways, though, uh, of course. And Wichita State's got to have the avail- the availability, but you know, as far as that one uh, being a game that they like to reschedule, I mean, SMU wants to reschedule it. You know, they're on the bubble; they could use another quality win. It'd be at Moody Coliseum, so you know, that's one that you, without a doubt, uh, want to see SMU uh, reschedule. Uh, and then moving on, I, I want to take a moment. Kendrick Davis, I mean, he had a little bit of a spell during the during the season where he wasn't playing up to his standards. And he has just been lights out when he's uh, been on the floor as of late for SMU. That win over Houston, obviously the Memphis game, he's he's just coming into that AAC player of the year that a lot of people predicted he'd be 
uh, going into this season. And I think I wrote this on Monday uh, for OnThePonyExpress.com. But you know, this was his claim to to the AAC Player of the Year. These last two games, especially, he's really stepped up uh, that he's played in, and you know, leading the AAC in scoring. Uh, he's top 50 in the country uh, in scoring. It, this is a, a point guard that is playing with really a lot of confidence right now. And, you know, I think uh, he's he's got to be handed that trophy. I mean, he they did not have an answer for him. A lot of teams haven't had much of an answer for him. And he's done it in different ways. So, you know, for me, I think a, the AAC player of the year is going to go to Kendrick Davis, uh, barring a complete meltdown down the stretch from him. I, I just think he's been able to do everything SMU's needed him to do. You know, they sit number two in the league, which uh, I think most of the time we've seen the AAC player of the year go to the winner of the league. You know, if SMU can win the league, that'll obviously improve his resume on that front. Um, but I think right now the way he's playing and if he continues it down the stretch, that's your AAC player of the year. And what a special career he's had at SMU. He's trying to go out uh, with an NCAA tournament appearance. And I think with this team right now, they're really just starting to gel, obviously. You know, even without with, with that loss to Temple, that was a – I really don't know what to say about that game. You know, Temple was down three players, uh, key contributors, but ended up just playing a little bit more simpler basketball. Uh, SMU wasn't gonna, able to get the offense going without Kendrick Davis on the floor. But they showed you the type of team in the two of the three of the last uh, games they've played uh, by beating Houston and, and – and Memphis, obviously, uh, and really, you know, dominating uh, Memphis, especially. So you've got wins, two out of three uh, top teams in the conference now uh, in two of your, uh, and excuse me, they did beat, uh, which uh, they did beat East Carolina uh, in between that Houston and Temple game, but you've got wins in two of your last four over two of the three top teams in the league. So talk about a great run for SMU basketball. Uh, I think this is a team that, you know, in a down league, uh, I, I don't I still don't th- see it as a three bid league. I, I think it's two. I mean, depending on how SMU finishes, uh, but SMU and, and Memphis are certainly battling it out to be in that NCAA tournament representing the AAC alongside Houston. But, you know, this is a team that right now is playing with a lot of confidence uh, and, and they've been supported as such uh, in Moody's Coliseum, especially a lot of fans are turning out to see SMU. Uh, you know, do what they've done all season in Moody Coliseum, which is play really well and, and remain undefeated. So shout out to them. We're under two weeks away from spring p- football starting for SMU. A lot of storylines to come on that. We're going to start breaking that down later in the week on, on the podcast and really start diving into SMU football and kind of where things stand. What are some of the questions uh, around the program? But I do want to kind of share some impressions on the staff. If you've been on theponyexpress.com, we've had plenty of interviews with the entire coaching staff. We had that media day where they had all of them available to sit down with us. And I I did want to share some impressions just overall on the staff and and just kind of share where I think things stand heading into spring. And I think when you look at the staff Rhett Lashley has assembled, I do think there are some areas where you might have some concern here or there. But I do think overall this is a solid staff. This is one that I think in terms of experience – uh, kind of top to bottom is probably the best it's been at SMU entering a new era. You look at Casey Woods, he's never called a play, um, at least uh, that I know of, uh, as a as an offensive coordinator, but Rhett Lashley is the one that's going to be calling the plays. So you have somebody that you know was a recruiting coordinator at Missouri coming in. He's going to oversee all that. Very organized, very articulate, uh, passionate guy. 
that is now going to be able to sit back and, and work with Rhett Lashley, work with Johnny Brewer, Garen Justice, uh, Rob Likens, uh, Keenan Hall, that whole offensive staff, and, and put together a game plan week by week that I think out of that entire staff, outside of Keenan Hall, Rhett Lashley has worked with and worked with a lot. So they know what he wants. They know what he sees. Uh, they know the playbook. They're putting that together now as far as what it's going to look like for the spring. And then they'll go from there as far as installing it. But I think if you're looking at you know, the offensive staff, I think you've got to be impressed. I mean, Rob Likens, what he did at Miami with Charleston Rambo, and then in the past with some of these other receivers that he's had, really impressive. I'm very interested to see what he's going to do with Rasheed Rice in his one year. And then he it does have some familiarity with guys like uh, Jordan Curley, who he recruited and coached at uh, Arizona State. He, he's got some familiarity with the guys he's uh, recruited over to SMU with Bo Corrales adding, you know, coming into the transfer portal. And then Josh Moore, uh, who's committed, will eventually be here in the summer. He's got some familiarity there as well. I think this is a room that he can really take to another level. It, sometimes you need, you have coaches that can put the players in place and take them to a good spot. I think Rob Likens is that one that you can kind of see him getting ready to take it to the next level. And we've seen that throughout his career as far as coaching guys in, in one seasons and really getting the most out of them. So I'm excited about Rob Likens, very energetic guy, veteran receivers coach. In fact, he was almost hired by Sonny Dykes as offensive coordinator uh, when Rhett Lashley was getting ready to leave. He was on campus for a couple for about a week uh, during bowl prep um, in the past. So it's kind of a you know full circle moment there for him to get on staff. Keenan Hall. He worked with James Robinson, uh, now starring for the the Jaguars in the NFL, and a key Dallas recruiter, and you know, kind of a veteran of of Dallas. And you know, that's how SMU ended up with with Kevin uh, Henry Jennings. Uh, he was a key in that, you know, having that relationship with South Oak Cliff. And that's a program right now that's obviously rolling, coming off a state championship. And I think the push from him has been recruit all of Dallas, recruit it really hard, and uh, you know, put that emphasis out there, which SMU has in the past, they just need to take it to that next level. So I think he's impressive from that respect, and he's a veteran coach. So I want to see what he's going to be able to get out of those running backs um, you know, this spring and, and the fall. And then you've got Johnny Brewer, who I think this is where you kind of look, and this isn't this isn't a knock, but it is his first you know full-time job as an assistant. He's worked with Rhett Lashley for so long, so he knows exactly what he wants out of the quarterbacks and that position. And I think he's somebody that could be coming into his own as a coach, and this is his opportunity. Uh, he's got a great quarterback room with Tanner Mordecai and Preston Stone. So again, kind of nurturing that in the right direction is going to be critical. Same goes for Garen Justice. He's got some depth, needs to get more out of that, that group overall. So that's the offensive staff. I think special teams, you've got Craig Nivar, who's done it for a long time. He's also a veteran on the defensive side with those safeties. He's coached up some good ones in the past. And he's recruited Texas, and he's been in Texas for for a while. And same goes for Calvin Thibodeau at defensive line, somebody who really uh, is well-respected in coaching circles. You can tell it means a lot for him to be in Dallas, where his wife is from. Uh, this is somebody that when Brent Venables was hired at Oklahoma, he was bringing in his own guys, ends up with a good opportunity at SMU uh, to work for Rhett Lashley, and it kind of all came together, and that's why he was hired before Scott Simons. Um, and, and I think... When you look at hiring Scott Simon, somebody who's done it at a high level, you know, translating it to the American where there are some high-powered offenses will be something I'm going to watch. 
It'll probably be a little bit of a transition year as they get that system in place. But he's a really strong hire. And he's another Texas guy who's from here. He's from Hearst, um, I believe. And so he's back home. And then he brought Ricky Hundley, who had some Power 5 opportunities, but op- opted to stay with Ricky Hunt- uh, with Scott Simons and work for him. And then Kyle Cooper, another longtime Rhett Lashley GA analyst, is moving over to the defensive side of the ball where he played linebacker for Robert Morris, getting back to his roots. And he's recruiting coordinator as well. And when you talk to him, he's somebody who's very likable, very energetic. Um, and so he's going to be able to kind of work with Scott Simons, work with Craig Nivar, and work at that nickelback spot and get an idea of what they look for, what they want, and coach that position one-on-one, which it's such a tough position to coach that I think that's a really good situation for him to be in and grow as a coach. Obviously, you've got a little concern there as it's his first on-field coaching job, having his own room and things like that. So with the addition of Sean Griswold, he's coached some of the tougher teams in college football. I mean, I think Virginia doing more with less stands out. He's very organized, very articulate, has a clear plan, and that's going to stand out as well. So those are some initial impressions on SMU staff after meeting with them. That's going to wrap up this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. So we will catch you guys later in the week with another edition, um, and we'll be continuing to track SMU basketball, football, recruiting, a lot of intel on the site right now on that front. So check us out with a seven-day free trial on theponyexpress.com. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.